Welcome to the Double Docs Podcast, a podcast devoted to exploring the MDPhD journey of UCLA Caltech med students. In this podcast, we share our views and discuss things we find interesting. These are not meant to be recommendations or medical advice. These are solely our opinions and experiences and not representative of those views expressed by any affiliate institution. We started this podcast in order to introduce people to MD-PhD programs, provide insight on how to apply, talk about what the journey looks like, and what your career options look like afterwards. Hello, and welcome back to the Devil Docs podcast. I'm Dimitri. This is George. This is Daniel. And today we have a special guest to talk about uh, to gap or not to gap. Please welcome Jackie. Hi, everybody. <laughs> it's good to be here. Like Dimitri said, my name is Jackie. I'm a first year medical student at uh, David Geffen School of Medicine and also a first year MSDP student. So, yeah. Um, so, some of my research interests include proteomics and stem cell biology, as well as neuroscience. So, those are really broad topics, but. Um, yeah, that's kind of my, where my background is in and, and kind of where I want to go into or what I want to go into in the future. Uh, as for things I like to do for fun, um, I love cinematography. I'm really into making Spotify playlists, um, cooking, uh, basically anything that's remotely resembles some kind of hobby I will probably have tried. So, yeah. Any favorite genre of music that you would like to recommend to our audience? Oh, that's tough. Um, right now I'm on like a reggaeton kick for now, but, you know, sometimes tomorrow it might be country. So, so we'll see. <laughs> I doubt that, but, but you never know. So. Cool. So today we're going to be jumping into... Um, the topic of whether or not people should be pursuing a gap year, uh, what some of those decisions look like, um, and what students can do with regards to, you know, prepping for, for taking a gap year. Um, so kind of to get started, let's talk a little bit about, you know, how frequently do people who are interested in pursuing an MD-PhD ultimately take a gap year, uh, whether or not they do research during that gap year or end up actually doing, you know, industry um, or, um, you know, taking a, doing a post-bac program. I took two gap years. I'm a big proponent of gap years. So this might be a little bit of a biased conversation. But what I do know is that in 2013, I think the percentage of MSTP applicants that did a gap year was 53%. And wow. now, or well, at least in 2020, it went up to 75%. So my guess is that number is just going to be growing. Um, and I think it depends on kind of what school you go to and obviously uh, what they recommend. And that's going to probably shape your decisions. But um, I do think that that overarchingly sets you up to be a stronger applicant in the long run. I'm a big proponent of kind of going into uh, research kind of in academia as opposed to uh, in industry. I think there are merits to both. Um, also, post-pack program, it depends really on the individual. Uh, and I think it's more of a case-by-case basis. But my understanding is, you know, if you want to pursue an MSCP but you haven't completed certain courses... Um, or maybe you're not necessarily certain that you want to go into med school, doing something like a post back program where there is more structure um, could be helpful. Um, and then as opposed to kind of going into academic research versus industry, um, there, like I said, there are merits to both. The benefit of academia, 
I think is you can ask the questions you want to ask and you can follow your curiosity and it's not necessarily um, based on, and this is kind of a negative take, so I don't know if I should say this and you might want to cut this out, <laughs> um, but it's, you know, in industry, the benefit is that you are cutting out a lot of red tape and you're not doing a lot of um, kind of grant writing on all these things. So you're cutting out the middleman, but in doing so, you're kind of subjected to what other people want you to do research on. And it's not necessarily like, hey, I found this like really, really cool finding. Can I do my own little project here and see what comes of it? You, can, I don't think that you can necessarily do that as willingly as you would be able to um, in an academic institution. So that's my understanding. But I'm curious to take or to understand your kind of take on this. Yeah, I think those are really good points. Um, I will add, I think maybe a hybrid model of academic and sort of industry mm -hmm. um, sort of fields is like if you are in a biotech startup or like a research-based startup, then I think you kind of get a little blend of both where like you still can be very R&D mm -hmm. um, and like sort of ask the questions that you want, but it's a lot more focused and I think you're really trying to aim to get like a product out there. Um, which I think is like sort of more in line with the industry kind of thing, uh, side of things. Um, so I, that's what I did part-time in my gap years was more of like a startup-based um, experience. And I think um, had a nice blend of like both research and sort of like really trying to push towards a, a product. That's great. Yeah, I think I, I completely agree with you guys. And I think another component is that, um, you know, gap year is an opportunity to, to within the within academia to be able to pose good questions and explore that mm -hmm. and to kind of build that that um, that knowledge base so that when you go into the PhD yeah you have that experience of kind of taking projects from its infancy to its completion or at least kind of seeing it through um, and there's a lot of labs that Daniel mentioned that actually have startups on the site as well and that would give an opportunity for students to dabble with both and see if they'd be interested in kind of pursuing research um, within the R&D component of industry you know, in the years to come, or if they're more so interested in the pure academic sciences. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I like what you said about that. I think that there's merit also in um, exploration during your gap years and exposure. So choosing a lab that, you know, like both of you mentioned, has both sides where you have some sense of academia and also some kind of dabbling into industry, um, I think makes a lot of sense because I think if you don't see those two worlds, when you end up in an MSTP, it's going to be pretty limited in terms of uh, industry to a certain degree, uh, unless you go out and seek more exposure once mm. you're here, of, of course. But um, I do think that that exploration uh, is very valuable. So great, great point, guys. Maybe one thing we can talk about is... Um what each of us maybe if we considered a gap year like why we chose to do one versus why we didn't um just to share sort of our own experiences yeah i think i can start because i have the shortest gap experience <laughs> um but essentially because i had graduated a semester i don't know if i want to call it early but prior to when i was supposed to um i took that semester to continue my research in the lab i was in um working full-time and to really get more exposure and also, I guess, contribute more to the project we were working on. Um, and during that time, I learned probably much more than I did throughout my undergrad experience. Um, and I felt like 
taking that time was worth it. And I probably would have done a full year had I, you know, graduated when I was supposed to um, and didn't plan to apply to med school early. Um, I think that's all I wanted to say. Was this during COVID? This was during COVID. So (laughs) it was an interesting time. But at that point, we had fully reopened the lab, and, and most labs on Columbia's campus were fully operational. Um, there was that January scare, but mm-hmm. I think everything went back to normal after that. Um, I fell in love with research. Um, even though I was in research kind of at a younger age, more health services in high school and then in college, started dabbling in um, cellular research. Um, I really fell in love with it junior year. And I think that that's kind of a late time, or at least people have told me that it can be a later time to get into research. But I became so obsessed with asking questions that I felt like I was doing college on the side. (laughs) So I would spend like 35, 40 hours a week in the lab and then run back to campus because it would be like a 30 minute bus ride each way mm-hmm. um do as many classes as i had to do which was like really well minimal amount of coursework as i could so that i could get back in the lab and ask more questions even if it was the most boring task like i remember i, I would sit there for like 13 hours on the cryostat and just cut brain slices and listen to like murder podcasts or <laughs> i like to think it was like stem cell technologies podcast but um it was mostly murder podcasts so it is what it is but i i remember loving it and mm. i didn't want to go back to school just yet i wasn't ready mm. um i kind of wanted to fall in a little deeper and uh lean into that kind of part of my brain and so i shut off the academic part, which is, or at least like the schoolwork part. And I um, decided to take up an opportunity at the Broad Institute of Harvard and MIT. Mm -hmm. And it was the best experience of my life. And I don't regret a minute of it. Um, I also think, and we can get into this later, but if I had only spent one year there, I would have been doing myself a disservice. And if I could have done three years, I probably would have done it at that, or I would have done it there as well. But I think two years is the perfect amount of time for me to squeeze as much as I could out of that opportunity before coming into an MSDP. So I guess that's my spiel. I really like that dichotomy because I also felt it too. Like when we were in in school, in undergrad, taking classes, I feel like at times you just feel so torn. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to run these experiments, then you realize you, you have a class at nine, you have to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always this challenge of, of you know balancing academics and, and research interests. Um, but there's something so freeing about being able to devote your entire time to research, um, especially during the gap year that I think was really refreshing, mm-hmm. um, where you were no longer bound by you know classes, where you have to run to class or you know work on assignments. You can focus full time on research, and it very much feels like you're you're a grad student at that point. Yeah. Um, and I think it was very enriching in that it allowed me to also like explore research um, in that full time setting, uh, kind of run my own projects, and then focus on those things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was a difficult decision initially for me because, um, you know, in my mind, I'm adding a year, I'm delaying the the process by an additional year. So it was always this this constant. You know, fear that oh, if I just keep on delaying it, I probably will never pursue it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think after having pretty lengthy conversations with my PI, um, I realized that adding an additional year probably won't change that much, but it'll give me that opportunity to, you know, as you mentioned, like be able to sit down and spend full time in research and focus on what's important. Um, and I feel like through that process, I matured quite a bit as well. Yeah. Um, and in retrospect, I'm really happy I took that, you know, gap year. Um, yeah. I'll say I have a, I have a, maybe a little different perspective on gap years, um, but I think I, I'm a very strong component of, of people taking them. Um, like part of the reason why I took gap year uh, was like logistical. And so my senior year of college was like really, really busy. Um, and so as a bioengineering major, we had a lot of graduation requirements. Um, and at the same time, I was like trying to finish up a senior thesis in the lab. And so uh, I realistically, at the time, my senior year, I was thinking, like, would I realistically be able to do interviews and, like, prep an application um, in that time? And, like, realistically, I didn't think I would be able to. And so on the logistical side of things, that's why I was leaning towards a gap year. But I think there were a lot of other very strong motivating factors why I pursued one and then also did a second gap year. Um, and I think... Primarily is because I had a lot of growing interests, uh, as well as projects that I felt like I wanted more time to finish up. And so in the lab, um, I was working on sort of like a multi-year project with my research mentor. Um, and I feel like we were just sort of getting to the point where we were ready to sort of, we had kind of planned out all the experiments we wanted to do. And we felt pretty good about if we were able to do those experiments, we'd have a pretty good paper out. And so that was in the middle of senior year-ish. And so I felt like it would be really worthwhile for me to really see the project through because I've sort of been there, sort of since the conception. Um, and I, I, felt like, I felt like if I were just to go straight into an MD-PhD program, I'd be really missing out on like the meat and the really important part of that project, which we'd spent so much time sort of like setting up basic experiments and like trying to figure out the details for that now it seemed like these were the most important things to do. And so I really wanted to see that through. And so that, that, that pushed me towards the gap year. Um, at the time too, I was also like, I was getting more interested in sort of like the role of computation in like neuroscience and research. Um, as, a, as a bio e major, we had a few computational courses that we were required to take. But I think in the senior year, in my senior year, that sort of emphasis on computation like really grew and like I use that a lot in my thesis and like later on in the research project. Um, and at least in my undergrad at Stanford, we have something called a co-term degree. So essentially you can apply classes that you've taken in undergrad towards a master's. Um, so you essentially sort of stay, uh, you stay at school for an extra year or two and you can get a master's by finishing more courses. Um, and so, you know, it was nice that I could sort of spread that course load out over two years. So like you were saying, I could have enough time in lab, but then also explore this really interesting, and in my opinion, like a very powerful field um, that I feel like I would eventually want to apply to my research. Um, so I think for, it's for like a number of reasons why I chose to do the gap year, but I, I think whenever I have conversations with people who are interested in now, I really, I, I really tell them, like, if there's anything you, you feel like you want to wrap up or really want to dive a bit deeper and, and, you know, before you go into the full sort of medicine side of things, to, to definitely use those gap years and do that. Yeah, I love that. Um, I do want to add some 
quick points because I like what you guys both mentioned. Um, there seems to be themes here where there's this idea of seeing things through. There's an idea of personal growth um, and a lack of a need need to rush anything. Um, and I think we forget that when we're young and we forget that when we're on this long path of medicine uh, and MSTP specifically. But in the grand scheme of things, even if you take another year, and this is my opinion, of course, it's not necessarily everyone in the rooms or, or in general, but um, even if you're taking another year, it's not, you're, you're not losing something necessarily. You're gaining maturity. You're gaining an opportunity to just grow as a person, um, even outside the lab. Like it doesn't all, not everything has to be about your career. And some people forget that. And I think I've many times forgotten that, but in those two years, I don't know. I think I, I also learned how to, um, interact with patients more. I had more opportunities to talk to patients, just talk to people and, um, know what I want out of friendships, know what I want out of relationships. Um, but then more granularly kind of in science, I also think I gained how to think like a scientist and how to, like you said about, um, seeing things through and seeing something from conception to kind of full publication is a beautiful process. And very rarely do people at our stage in life get to see that. So I think that's a great way of putting it where, I don't know, like it's important to be present um, and see, okay, tomorrow, am I, am I going to get this kind of uh, personal growth scientifically and as a person or, or in general? Um, and is it a good decision to stay? Or what are my, as opposed to what are my other um, kind of concerns as to why I don't necessarily want to stay and what outweighs what? Mm -hmm. um, now I'm probably getting too much into like nitty gritty, but I don't know. I think there's, there's a, a benefit in just kind of putting one foot in front of the other. Uh, so yeah. Yes. One of the things one of my classmates, uh, Christian mentioned was that um, we should stop calling it, you know, a gap year and instead mm. call it an enrichment year. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Because it's this opportunity of, you know, personal growth, mm -hmm. whether that be, as you mentioned, you know, within the personal sphere, uh, but also in the, you know, the research sphere. Um, to grow as a scientist and, a, you know, as a, as a prospective future clinician. Um, I think it also gives you that opportunity, opportunity to be able to pursue projects on the side, kind of outside of lab as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, during the gap year, it gave me the opportunity to take part in, like, um, you know, startup groups or nonprofits, kind of be able to explore that facet. Right. Because I think once we're in med school, we don't have that opportunity or that time to be able to devote to, to startup organizations or nonprofits. Um, it gave a good opportunity to be able to explore that and see if that's something I'm interested in pursuing in the future. And I think it, it gives students that flexibility to, to be able to balance research and do those things. Um, mm -hmm. I think another thing is um, jumping into med school right after finishing undergrad can be a little bit jarring. Mm -hmm. um, and I think taking some personal time off is important um, and just gives you that, that, that fresh mindset so that when you get started, it's not, it's not a complete rush. Yeah, for sure. I do want to pick up on that point, though, um, about the jarring transition from your undergrad experience to the med school experience. Yeah. Um, because we say a lot that med school is a little bit more like high school yeah. than we would like it to be. Um, your schedule's a bit more regimented. 
you have mandatory attendance for almost all of your classes and events, um, and you, you just lack the freedom of scheduling that you had in, in undergrad. Um, and I do think that it's an easier transition directly from undergrad because you're not that far removed from high school and your undergrad still had a set schedule. You could just had more input into the design of that schedule. Um, But if you're, you know, living on your own for a while in a gap year, um, you're truly setting your own schedule. Maybe you're working, you know, a regular nine to five job. It can be very jarring and very disorienting to go back to a high school schedule where, where you're expected to be certain places and behave a certain way um, that's not necessarily in line with your newfound adult identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really, really tough. Um, I think it takes several months and I'm still <laughs> getting used to that. Uh, I was really scared before starting med school because I thought I was going to, like, I just completely forgot how to be a student. Mm-hmm. Um and, I, you know, there's a resistance when you have so much autonomy over your life and, like, liberty over your life um, to kind of let a little bit of that go and have to revert back to an older version of yourself where you're used to waking up at, you know, 6 in the morning and doing your morning uh, studying and then going to class by 8 a.m. and not leaving until 4.30. Um, it feels very much like you're going back to high school, like you said. And that is really, really hard. But... I think that we're going to have to do this version or a version of this for the rest of our lives. If we're double docs, if we, <laughs> we are an MSDP because we do, because I think that even in when we're 40, 50, we're going to be in our kind of um, science brains for three months or like not even for like three weeks. And then we have to do a week of service or like clinical work. Um, and it's hard to do that switch. It's like your brain is quite like my, my, um, science brain is a little quiescent right now at this point <laughs> like um i haven't been able to access it and it, it's almost a little scary because um you think you know when you have these this training and maybe we're all of us are kind of different but you think you know you're able to have your science brain and your medical brain at the same time and it's and there's like this duality and um that mixture is phenomenal but also it is really really difficult especially in your first year when you're just trying to absorb so much information um to it's difficult to not miss the science right um but at the end of the day we all kind of figure it out maybe we stumble in the beginning on and during that transition um but we tend to i think figure it out and band together and um you know under have an understanding of what it's like to be a student again uh, but the grass is always greener, I will say. So I'm constantly <laughs> <laughs> missing the lab <laughs> all the time. And when I'm in lab, I'm going to miss being in school and having more structure, right? So, yeah, that's what I would have to say about that. Yeah, I probably went the other direction and focusing a bit too much on lab. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> to where my, my medical student brain is quiescent. <laughs> <laughs> and I do find myself having to completely switch off one side or the other to focus on you know what I need to do for one side or the other yeah Um, so whether that's like USMLE studying I can't work on you know a figure for a paper or you know data analysis for some experiment that we ran last week Mm -hmm. um, because my brain just can't adequately exist in both spaces at the same time yeah it's tough it's tough maybe hopefully that gets easier but I think we're gonna have to ask 
maybe our directors on their input because <laughs> a bunch of first years interviewing each other might not have the answer to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we haven't failed Very yet. True. Yes, we have, we have somehow survived. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys are listening in and think of any interesting questions that you would like to ask, please email us at doubledocspodcast at gmail.com or reach out over social media.